you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. Right. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Beyond the Mat, Brad. L- glad to have you here. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Mark. Appreciate it. It's, it's going to be good. Looking forward. Love your whole little background you got there. Yeah. Thanks, man. Looks a t- it's a, like it's a little TV magic. Admittedly, I like I like yours too. That's, <laughs> you know what? That's everybody <laughs> asks me about it all the time because it always changes. They're like because they can see the leaves falling and stuff. They're like, so is that a virtual background? I said, no. It's a it's a YouTube. Right. <laughs> it's a it's an 87 inch TV behind me that has YouTube and I and I'll pick whatever whatever we got going on since it's Halloween time. So I picked the Halloween theme. But I saw this uh, in my backgrounds. I saw it in a in a restaurant, believe it or not. There's a restaurant called Olive and Fig and they have this, you know, three band uh, jazz bands where they play music, Mediterranean food is beautiful. But they had these two areas where it's a couch where you can sit and have wine or whatever. And they have these massive TVs with these kind of backgrounds. And I'm like, I'm doing that for my podcast. Yeah. That's where I got the idea from a restaurant. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So. I created, I created this, um, several years ago. I got, you know, I work from home, my whole business is at home. And so I got two kids though, running around all the time. So trying to find a place where I could jump on an interview quick without having toys and all sorts of nonsense in the back is like, okay, I got to have like a little space that no one's allowed in. So I could just flip on my camera and uh and go to work and and so i created this little area and uh, it works well yeah it's pretty nice just to to be able to get right to work and not have to worry about you know all the stuff that's going on behind me yeah it's good it looks good it looks sharp really good Thanks, so man. brad i'm gonna go ahead this you know welcome to the show with brad nelson and the debt-free dad i'm gonna go ahead and let him introduce himself a little bit about what his business is and We've got some things in common, so I'm looking forward to a couple of dads talking about what it's like to be a dad in these worlds. Yeah, absolutely. So, right. yeah, I started a business uh, called Defrey Dad uh, a little over uh, seven, eight years ago, and uh, originally just kind of started out and kind of accidentally got into this. And uh, I'll share probably a little bit of my story in this conversation that we're going to have. But, uh, you know, I, I wanted to get out of debt like most other people do. I was just tired of the financial stress. And, and as I got myself out of debt, uh, people just started asking me for help. You know, I was I was sharing a little bit about how life-changing the experience was, how less stress I had, that I actually had money in the bank and that I felt good. And, you know, it doesn't take long for you to kind of jump on social media and and see that uh, a lot of people are suffering from financial stress. And so uh, I started just kind of helping people on the side originally and uh, really had no intentions of opening a business like this or doing this for a full-time living. And uh, and certainly not, you know, making any money either. (laughs) You know, it was just kind of like, yeah, sure, I'll share some tips. And you know, I eventually just kind of really fell in love with the whole um, practice of helping people, not only with the money side, but really helping them change their lives. Because it, you know, finances just have like this ripple effect. And uh, when you get your finances right, it really impacts the rest of your life. And that's what I really started to fall in love with. And the more and more people I started to help, the more and more I wanted to do it. And uh, I was debt free at the time uh, and I was renting and decided, you know, hey, Maybe I just take a stab at this and we just go very part-time with it. Very part-time went to part-time, part-time went to full-time. I replaced my full-time income within about seven, eight months of starting this business. And I've been doing this now full-time. And uh, my original goal was just to kind of help people out in my little community here. But with the power of the internet, we've now had members uh, all over the world helping tens of thousands of people save and pay off tens of millions of dollars. And if if you would have told me that, Mark, uh, you know, seven, eight years ago that I would be here doing this kind of stuff, I would have probably just laughed at you. But uh, it's been a, a pretty amazing ride and uh, very grateful to be able to wake up every day and be able to do this and, and help out a lot of people who are struggling with the very same thing that a lot of our, you know, our family was struggling with for so many years. So you have a, a very unique story, too. I, I think before we dabble into the debt, the debt free 
stuff, you were still able to run your business because you had quite a tragedy with your with your wife and you have a special needs child. Let's yeah. let's tell them that there is still, uh, you know, let's let's get part of that story out there. So people really see the impact that being debt free, I'm, I'm, you know, did that help out also when your wife yeah. is going through her illness? Yeah. So I think that's that's a a common mistake people make, you know, especially as we put our message out on social media. A lot of people tend to think, well, you guys just must have just hit it perfect, right? In order to be able to live and do the things that you're doing. And that's just not the reality. Uh, you know, what really got me started on my journey is uh, my first marriage uh, ended in divorce and I lost my house to foreclosure because I was weighing over my head with my finances, irresponsible, was spending money I didn't have, was going into debt, basically living the paycheck to paycheck life that most people are. And so that was kind of a wake up call for me. And it was really kind of the rock bottom of, okay, I really want to get this right. Uh, my son at the time was two years old and I was like, you know, this kid's going to look at me for, you know, financial advice. And here I am, I'm just a mess. Right. right. I wanted to open, open up my own business and, and I didn't know what that business was going to be, but I was so broke. You know, I was constantly relying on that next paycheck to pay those bills. I knew that there was never going to be a chance that I could step out on my own with the finances, the way that that was managing them. So uh, with a lot of hard work over about four or five year period, I became completely debt free. Uh, I ended up renting for a long period of time because again, I lost my house, wasn't able to apply for a mortgage or anything. Rented cheap in a you know a lower income part of town. It was not ideal, but you know I basically sacrificed a ton. I took a lot of steps backward in order to get to where I am today. And even when you're debt free, you're still going to encounter life. You know, it's not like life is just a, a cakewalk after that. Uh, back in 2018, actually, if you go back even one year before that, 2017. Um, I, I got remarried to uh, my wife, Sarah, and uh, we were told that we weren't going to be able to have kids. And uh, again, I already had uh, my son for my first marriage and uh, both of us were fine with that, but miracles happen and Sarah ended up getting pregnant, which was way out of left field. We, neither one of us were prepared for that. It was kind of like one of those things where it was like a shock. In fact, I think it took us probably the entire pregnancy to actually come to the realization that we're going <laughs> to child, right? Like it's really happening. And uh, Sarah had a completely healthy pregnancy, no signs of any real, you know, issues or challenges. Uh, but sadly, our daughter Avery was born with a condition called HIE, hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy, which essentially means that during birth at some period, uh, she had lost oxygen. And that oxygen caused a pretty significant brain injury. And uh, she had about 24 to 30 seizures within the first 24 hours of her life. Uh, we were told that, you know, after about four days, after they finally got her stable enough to do an MRI and kind of look at what we were facing, uh, we were told that, you know, she's not going to live a typical life. She's going to be in a wheelchair, may not be able to eat on her own, never is going to dance, never is going to go to a, a normal school. She's just, you know, be prepared for the worst. And they also even prepared us like, she may not get out of this hospital. Like she may not make it. And so this was a huge shock to us because again, completely healthy pregnancy. And, and now we are facing a situation where we're life-changing situation. Right? And so it was a very devastating time for us. It was very hard on Sarah's very hard on myself. Uh, and it took us, you know, a long time to come to terms with what we were going to be, you know, handling what we were going to be facing uh, me, especially. And uh, you know, I started, my mind start, you know, when you get news like that, your mind starts racing immediately. What is, what is five years going to look like? Is she ever going to go on a date? Is she ever going to go to a homecoming high school dance? Is she ever going to get married? Is she ever going to be able to do these things? And I immediately had to bring myself back and say, okay, we can't focus on five years old. We can't focus on teenage years. We have to just focus on what are we facing right now today? And uh, so thankfully, uh, Avery has surpassed all of the expectations. Uh, she is exactly where she needs to be. She does have a speech delay that we are working through, but she is walking. She is talking. She is currently enrolled in a regular normal school. Uh, she is, uh, she's doing so well and uh, we are so grateful for that. But along with this progress came a tremendous amount of doctor's visits and therapy and just being fully present in her life. And being debt-free and 
both of us, my wife, you know, she was, uh, Sarah was running her own business. So we were both working from home, which gave us the great opportunity to be able to take care of Avery. So every day we would switch days. It would be my day and, you know, Sarah would go work. I would take care of Avery. And then the next day I would go to work and Sarah would take care of her. So one of us was always, um, you know, her full-time caretaker. So she never went to daycare or anything like that, which allowed us to be just, again, fully present, working with the therapist, which a lot of the therapy was like, hey, we're going to teach you how to do therapy with her every day. And that's what a lot of our days were spent doing. And I really contribute the time that we've been able to spend with her um, as a reason as to where she is, because I don't feel like, again, not to speak negatively about daycares or childcare or anything like that, but you know, I don't feel like she would have been given all of that therapy all the time like we've been giving her over these years to get her to where she is today. And uh, even still today, I, I still take her to three therapy appointments a week, sometimes four. Uh, so it's it's a very rigorous schedule to to get her to where she needs to be. So uh, with HIE comes uh, diagnosis of uh, for her is uh, left sided spastic cerebral palsy, and most people who would see her would probably not be able to recognize it unless you had unless you had a trained eye, but where she mostly suffers from the CP is in her uh, left side, mostly just in her left arm, left hand coordination for, for most part. Uh, there is a little bit, obviously, that's there from the speech delay standpoint. We feel like, you know, uh, muscle movement and things like that are probably affecting a little bit of the speech, but she has come leaps and bounds over the last 12 to 18 months in the speech side of things. And we feel like, you know, with ongoing therapy, she's, she's going to be okay in that department too, as time goes on. Yeah, it sounds like just a miracle in itself that it's absolutely that it's that's what what we're talking about there. We talked a little bit off camera that I've got a heart for special needs here in the martial arts world too. We've we've we have people in wheelchairs with cerebral palsy. We've got people out of wheelchairs, uh, getting them to walk and getting them to get on the ground and roll. Yeah, and you know uh, wrestling with them. I've got this probably my most favorite video is uh, the, the young man that has several palsy that I'm doing jujitsu with and, you know, letting him roll all over me, choke me out and just having a, having big fun with that. So I know the the challenges, but the rewards for special needs. I always had a heart for special needs. I think I told you that off camera. I just yeah. really they, they are they are bullied beyond belief in school situations. Yeah. And I can't stand it, right? So putting them in an atmosphere where they can have some confidence and they can be themselves. And better yet, what in our schools, the beauty of special kicks is that quote, unquote, normal, if that's what you want to call it, uh, children that are not used to seeing uh, kids with special needs get to interact with them. And it just brings better awareness around them. And they'll rally around them. And, and they'll have a sense of uh, community inside the martial arts school uh, that they wouldn't have. And, and so it's more of a lesson for those that uh, aren't, quote, special needs in order to see that special needs is, is not taboo by any means. I think yeah. wheelchairs make people kind of weird. You know what I mean? They, you know, I'm the one that goes up and, and, uh, and sees everybody in a wheelchair or touch their hand and how you doing? And I'm Mark and good to meet you and, and, and put hands on because, you know, it's, they people, I think, I don't know if they're going to break or something, you know, if you, if, if you uh, touch them or, or they're just so new to it all. So that's, I think right. that's awesome. And I think now, now that you're also now you had a tragedy with your wife on the same token, and it looks like that's pretty relatively new. Yeah. Put, putting you into uh, a single dad status on top of it. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my wife, Sarah struggled with uh, mental health challenges. Uh, for for much of her life, uh, nothing to the capacity that you know took place back in March, and uh, sadly, my wife committed suicide back in uh, end of February, March of just this year. And um, mental health's tough, you know. I I think you know she had she had struggled with some things for years, and I don't think ever fully um, shared just how deep some of those struggles were, especially over these last several years. But uh, sadly, Sarah was also put on some medications that had some really negative side effects that really kind of exasperated those mental health challenges. Um, and it's a common drug. It's called Adderall. And uh, that Adderall, over the last, over 2022, when she started taking it, uh, started really causing her to have a, a lot of types of manic episodes and 
uh, things that I had not seen. And over this past year, what I discovered along this journey with her and trying to get her help is that, man, the mental health system is just so broken and trying to get people like, you know, Sarah help. Mm-hmm. And I could see it as her partner, that something was clearly off. And as you're, you're trying to work with somebody who's having mental health challenges to get help, they can, you know, they can obviously deny that help. And she did in a lot of ways. And I, I would try over and over again. It's like, you know, there's something clearly not right. You know, the, the episodes were very sporadic at first, but then, you know, as time went on, as we got to more mid 2022, they became, you know, closer together and more severe. And, uh, it, it finally, you know, took everything in, you know, getting her help. And I had to, um, get the police involved to, to finally, and they, even them, they were like, well, well, there's nothing we can do if she doesn't want to go. And it's like, well, just look at her. Like you, you can see that there is something not right, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, they finally were able to convince her to go to the hospital. And this is after almost an entire full year of this happening. And, um, that's when we finally were able to kind of get her looked at. And they finally realized that it was the medications that were probably sending her into these types of manic episodes. But, you know, these medications then, you know, started causing things like hallucinations and um, just hyperverbal episodes. And just, it, it was just a very stressful, I mean, I can't even, I can't even put into words the experience that she went through, that we went through as a family. Um, but never during any of this, were there ever any concerns that, you know, it was going to end with, you know, you know, suicide, you know, we were, we were working through it. You know, anyone that we did get to have see her, everyone deemed her not to be a risk or anything like that. But sadly, um, she did take her own life. And, um, so I've had to, uh, the, and again, this is, this is a, a girl outside of her being my partner. This was a wonderful person. You know, Sarah was a light for so many people. She was there for so many of her friends and family all the time throughout her whole life. Nobody, including myself, would have guessed that this would have been what happened. Um, And she was a business owner. She was big into self-development, did training classes and leadership classes. In fact, in 2021, the two of us went through a leadership class together for the entire year and paid thousands of dollars to be a part of it. It was awesome. Like this was not your, you know, just someone who was depressed all over life or anything like that. I mean, this was someone who, who had some struggles and unfortunately ended up being put on some medications that really made it worse. And, um, it was just a very hard situation to kind of maneuver. And as, as a partner, and this is where I say the, the mental health system is broken as her partner, someone who could literally see that she needed help. There was, there was nothing I could do. I tried to work every angle. I tried to backdoor my way into uh, her providers and getting her help and, and getting on her, my chart and, and just telling me, it's like, look, this is not working. The medications is, you know, this is what I'm seeing. You know, and finally it just got to the point where she would not accept any help. I got to the point where I just could no longer do anything. They wouldn't talk to me because it wasn't her. Um, mm-hmm. And and yeah. even with a, a durable power, power of healthcare, which we had on each other, we had wills in place. Even in a durable power of healthcare, there's a paragraph in there that says me as her spouse or as her durable power of healthcare, I am not allowed to to help her or admit her or get her any sort of help when it's regarding mental health. As even as bad as it was, I, I, it's like your your hands are tied. So the best I did during that whole situation was be there to try to support her in any way that I possibly could, and like I said, work the angles and try to and try to get in and get her as much help as I possibly could. And you know, for as broken as the system is, I think you know we got her as much help as we could. Right. Um, and, and sadly, it just it just wasn't enough, and it's just tragic. It's tragic to see my partner and spouse go through that, but but any human go through something like that. Yes, I have. You, you know, the mental health. You, you know, my children. I you know I went through a divorce too in in the beginning. You know, well, and then but I was the dad that raised all the kids. You know, I I they they live with me, and so you know that was a struggle. But I see that my my own children struggle with with a lot of this um anxiety stuff that i didn't really struggle with when i was younger i don't know yeah. it's, it's like the newer 
you know, I don't know if I just didn't, I, I don't know. I'm thinking that I was a lot more sports oriented. I think sports, you know, activity took a lot of, of the anxiety out. And it is, that's true for me today. You know, I, I still get on the mat and I, you know, the fighting, the, the, the jujitsu and all that kind of stuff. It just kind of, it's a cleansing almost to kind of keep my head, head clear. And, but my, my kids did struggle with some stuff and I was always leery of these medications that they want them on. And I just wouldn't do it. And uh, we did it one time with one son, but man, he looks, he was just not the same person at all. Yeah. And so and you're right. And I couldn't get any help. You know, my, my kids also went through some uh, mental challenges uh, with uh, weight loss too. Right. All, all my, my kids all lost weight and, you know, they were heavy. Then they lost weight. And one of them had an eating disorder, my, one of my sons, and he couldn't find any help at all uh, for a male. You know, we could not find anybody to help him. And believe it or not, it's just this one counselor that was in Moore Park uh, College that just volunteered time as he's going through his schooling is the one that helped my son the most. Well, that, that's just so weird. So yeah. I, I get that. I get that challenge out there. So I'm sorry that happened uh, also, but I'm sure that put a, added stress. But like and I wanted to make sure that we get the story out there, not just for people with mental health, but to understand that even through stress, stress, finances. You know, uh, are still still viable. So I'm sure that being debt free, you know, if there's extra medical bills or anything like that, I'm sure that you guys saved for certain things. Right. Yeah. I couldn't imagine going through, I mean, just both of these situations with my daughter and then, you know, Sarah, if we would have been living paycheck to paycheck, like we were, it would have, both those situations would have, would have, I would have been a very, we would have been broken, you know, um, even leading up to, you know, Sarah passing away, you know, she pretty much, you know, when you people literally fall off the edge of the world, she quit work, you know, for four months, she wasn't working. She wasn't, you know, so, I mean, not having our finances together, it would have, it would have put us in a very tough situation, but, you know, because we had done all the work, all those years leading up, um, that's one saving grace. And again, I would, I hate to sit here and focus on money when such a tragic situation is going on, but this is the reality that a lot of people go through. You know, when people come and ask me for help, it's usually because of a crisis situation that broke the camel's back. You know, it's because I got sick or it's because my spouse got sick or it's because we lost a job or it's because, you know, whatever it is, it's usually, you know, things were okay. They weren't really okay, but we were able to just get by. And then all of a sudden something in life comes up and that's what basically starts, you know, collapsing the house of cards that they've built over the years. And, you know, I think for us, we went into our financial lives knowing like, Hey, you know, we know stuff's going to come up that me losing that house all those years ago when the housing market crashed back in 2010, I think was a wake up call for me. Like, Hey, I, I gotta be, I gotta have a plan for some of this stuff. You know, I, I understand that you can't, you can't plan for everything, but you can certainly do your best to plan for some of those really tough time, times in life. And, um, you know, they're going to show up for all of us. And I think we tend to ignore and say that stuff will never happen to me or we live in this bubble where we feel like you know some of these things are never going to affect us on, until they do i mean you look at you know inflation and high expenses right now a lot of people are pointing the finger at that as they're saying like well this is the cause of our financial stress well no it's not <laughs> i mean maybe for some it's adding on a lot well i should say it's adding on a lot of stress for a lot of people but let's be real most people weren't handling their finances really all that well to begin with and now right, yeah, that's true. Inf inflation and high expenses have, have only tightened the grip on that paycheck now. But the reality is, if you look at the statistics back in 2016, 2017, before COVID and inflation and all this stuff happened, they weren't much different than they are today. Um, and the reality is, is we got to understand that there are going to be some outside influences that are going to affect our lives and our finances. And we all have to do a better job at being prepared for some of those things. But Sadly, what a lot of people do is they play victim and they point the finger at everybody else, but nobody wants to really take any accountability for, okay, what are the choices that I've made that have put me in this situation? Um, and that's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people. In fact, that message kind of ticks a lot of people off right now because 
people are so frustrated with expenses and they're like, well, it's, it's not my fault. What, but the reality is until you're ready to take some person, you know, some, some accountability and some responsibility for the way you've handled your finances, nothing's going to be better. You're always going to be pointing the finger at everybody else, your job, the amount, the amount of money you make, whoever's in the white house, you know what? It doesn't matter. Right. right and if, right. and if you're constantly in this victim mentality, it's, it's really hard to get ahead anywhere in life, let alone your financial life. I agree so uh, so much 100% about that. I think I shared with you a little bit when, when you know first of all when the divorce came you know I'm sure finances you're in this world so I'm sure finances is is probably one a major thing that wears on marriage anyway. Huge. One of the top ones. Right. And then you know the 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 partners don't want to work together, right? You, if you have the partners that work together, I'm sure you see the same thing when they when they're in sync, man, you can build an empire together. Yeah. Right. And when you're out of sync, you can sink an empire. And, and you know, usually uh, in, in the relationship, right, one's a spender, one's a saver, and there's always that fight up and down. And so I get, I you know, I get all that because I, I think I told you before, yesterday I was I was one of these guys that had like a 480, 560 in those, in those areas. And I would say that I've always lived – I, you know, the martial arts school provided a good living and I wasn't smart with it in the years. Uh, when I, when I was in my formidable years, when I was a young man, right. I'm 62. Now when I was 30, 40 and I'm making money and then having double car payments, driving a Jaguar, leasing it, just throwing money out the freaking door, not really putting understanding that there's money to be put away for 401 or whatever you're going to do. Right. I, I didn't have, First of all, I didn't have a coach. I didn't have a financial coach by any means. And I can tell you this, that in the little college I even did do, it certainly didn't talk about that. Even high school, as awesome as high school was for us, where we had shop classes and we had we were able to do things like that, it still was not a financial talk about. And so it just went, it just collapsed. So you you would have these cars i'd have a jaguar in a in an expedition back in the day shoving out fifteen hundred dollars for car payments just stupid stuff yeah and when i look back at it i'm like who it, it those were my decisions to do i even remember when we bought these trackers if you remember that car back in the early late 80s 90s the tracker and we bought i bought two instead of one so the wife would have one and i had one right the 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 side trackers we we i bought two cars i'm like man i bought two cars and we could barely you know and, and there was no budgeting there was no this is how much money we have to have i just kind of paid the bills at the end of the month and then i would realize man how come we don't have much money in the or my biggest mistake was instead of giving um this the allowance or a payment per se to my wife and say, Hey, this is, this is like your paycheck. All right. She just had a credit card. So she'd have carte blanche on a debit card that, you know, nails done here, this done here and money spent and money spent in and out. And that's the way it was. So always kind of side hustling, even though I had a, a successful business, yeah. so I was always side hustling and it sucked bad. And the way I got out of debt was once my divorce hit and the, the girlfriend, the, even the, she's with me still today. We've been together for 27 years. She's the one with the 860 credit score and, and all that, right? She's the one that helped me really kind of rebuild because she went through a divorce too. And she had to take on all the husband's debt. And she goes, I will never do that again. Yeah. Um, you know, filed the bankruptcy. And then brought herself out of bankruptcy up into the 800s. And that's how she's always lived. And she lives with cash. Now, I don't know about what you your thought process. I really feel that debit cards are are the devil, man, because it's not it's not cash in hand. And it's just so easy to throw debit cards around. And she doesn't do that. Even today, she'll go take money out. She'll take $1,000 out. She'll stuff them in envelopes. Yep. And she saves money for vet bills. She saves money for car. She takes a little bit of this money throughout the year. She pays off her insurance every year. So instead of making monthly payments, she makes monthly payments to an envelope. And when car insurance is due, 
She puts that money into the account, pays it off for the year, and doesn't have to pay any interest or anything. This is just how she lives. Now, do you see in your in 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 your debt free? How do you go about that? Helping people get disciplined. What's yeah. your thought on that? That's where it all comes from, you know. And I think uh, for a lot of people, that's probably the biggest area where most people ignore is that personal finance success comes from improving behaviors, habits, and choices. Um, it's not about math. It's it's really about getting disciplined, being more consistent. And uh, that takes time. And and sadly, that's where the hard part comes into this is that you're not going to be able to change these habits, these behaviors and choices that have gotten you where you are today overnight. You didn't get into debt overnight. It's going to take you longer than overnight to get out. So it's a process. You know, one of the first things that we have a lot of our members do is, is go back and we want you to look at the last three to six months, or even if you're an overachiever, go back and look at the 12, the last 12 months of your spending. So, um, you know, if you're listening to this go today, print out your bank statements for the last 12 months, print out your credit card statements for the last 12 months, print out, you know, go to Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, Apple Pay, anywhere that you're spending money. All right. And uh, if you're, if you're spending cash, like Mark just talked about with his girlfriend doing, you know, keep the receipts and start tracking where your money's going. <laughs> and in almost, I, in fact, I'm going to say every case because I haven't had one person come back to me, Mark, and say, you know, Brad, I went through this activity and I was not shocked about anything that I found. I knew exactly everything. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> I have not had one person come back to me and say that. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Most people come back to me and they're like, I'm ready to throw up. Like, holy crap, I can't believe how much we've spent on this or that. And that's when they start to realize like, okay, I'm not necessarily broke. I just have some really bad spending habits going on and we're not paying attention, right? And that's where... You can almost give yourself for most people, and again, this is not everybody, but for most people, they can instantly give themselves a pay raise every single month by just reevaluating their spending. And now it's like, okay, well, now it's not so unbelievable that you could build yourself a little small emergency fund to get started, or it's not so unbelievable that you actually have some money every single month to pay down some debt. Um, so I think that's kind of the first step is really kind of becoming more aware of what the heck's going on with your money. And and really seeing this is hard for a lot of people because you're gonna, you know, you're gonna total up all your debts. I mean, heck, even seeing how much interest you have going to debts every year can be eye-opening for so many. Right. Um, another area that you really want to kind of focus on is is what are the reasons why you want to get out of debt? Now it's easy just to say, well, I don't want to worry so much, or I would just like to have an emergency fund, or I would, you know, I just want to, you know, but what is it really going to mean? Like when, you know, a good way of kind of looking at it is look out, look out how many payments you got going out every single month towards your debt. Don't include your mortgage or your rent, because I think a mortgage and a rent is going to probably be a part of everyone's life at some point for a long period of time. But everything else, total that up and just ask yourself, if I was able to keep that money, what can my life feel like and look like? What can I do with that to help me live the life that I want to live? Instead of having to stress every single week and every single month about how we're going to make ends meet, you know, and really kind of defining a wire purpose behind why you want to get out of debt because it's hard Mark to get out of debt. I mean, we live in a society that is debt payment driven. I mean, everything is payments now. Uh, in fact, you know, when you go to the stores and you're shopping, when you're online, I mean, everything has a payment. I mean, buy now, pay later is exploding <laughs> in the right. marketplace. I mean, that's going to be just billions and billions of dollars over the next couple of years. I mean, it's amazing the increase that people are using that because again, everything is just payment. What's going to be the payment? What's going to be the payment? What's going to be the payment? And you got to shift out of that mindset. What is the full price and how do I save up and pay cash for those things? And that's really hard to break free from when we live in a society that doesn't promote that kind of thinking. But there's people out there doing it. It's just that the marketplace the marketing of the financial institutions, the marketing of debt and products, it is just like this engine that is just super powerful. And it has, if you look over the years, you know, when, you know, credit cards started getting entered into the marketplace and debt products started getting put into the marketplace, you know, it, you see this increase right over these, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, 2000s, 2000s, you know, all these years. And it's just, it just keeps going up and up and up. And pretty much they have, you know, I, I don't want to hate, I hate to use the word brainwash, but they've brainwashed the entire society to think that, you know, debt and payments are normal. 
you know, there's a there's a Burger King commercial going around on TikTok right now. I don't know if you're on TikTok, Mark, but yeah, Mark. Um, yeah. and uh, it was a, it was an old I don't I think it was late 80s, early 90s when Burger King finally started taking credit cards for payments, and they were interviewing the customers as they were going into the restaurant. And they're saying, "Well, how do you feel that they're going to start taking uh, credit cards for you know fast food?" And people thought that people are out of their minds. Who's going to use a credit card to pay for fast food? You know, it's going to take me longer. You know, it's not, I would never do that. That's financially irresponsible. Literally, you can do buy now, pay later today for your fast food. Right? <laughs> so that just shows how this mentality over the years and over the generations has changed where, you know, debt is just 100% acceptable. So I think when it comes to, like you said, discipline, behaviors, habits, and choices, you have to literally rewire the way you think about your money in order to break away from what society wants you to do with it. And, you know, you got to start thinking differently. And uh, like you said, even just simple things, like you said with your girlfriend using cash, I think cash is a great accountability tool. And one of the, one of the arguments people will say, Mark, to that is like, well, not everybody takes cash anymore. Okay. Well then don't do it with that, but do it with the places that still do, which is by the way, a lot of places still, right. You know, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, start using cash. If you have a hard time sticking to your grocery budget, if you have a hard time sticking to your going out to eat budget, buying clothes, whatever it might be, discretionary spending, try using cash. Uh, it doesn't take you very long. Go on Google and say, how much extra do people spend using credit cards? You're going to find so much information out there yeah, real I quick. Think, <laughs> right. So like, I, I try, I've even told my sons this, because it, it drives me crazy when people don't take cash. You know, most theme parks, but you know who still takes cash is Disneyland. Uh, theme parks are like, now we're completely cashless. Yeah. And so I told my sons, I said, it's like taking a $50 bill, son. And if I give my 50 to the, you know, the restaurant, that's cash. Okay, that's cash. Now they take the 50 and they're going to go use that cash to buy food. That 50 is still 50. Now, if I give them a card and... They have to pay uh, a 1.5% of that $50 to the credit card company who's processing the payment. It's no longer a $50 bill anymore. Right. See, if they use cash and they use cash and they use it, it's still a 50. But the more it eats up, then now that, that, that credit card processor took that money. They go use their credit card to go buy the food. That processor, I said the 50 now is knocked down to 40. And so, you know, cash is no longer, you know, just this simple thought process is is just not. And that's why I always me, I've always made a habit of when I go out to go out to dinner, uh, I'll pay with a credit card, but I will pay my tip with cash so they can have cash in their pocket and not have to get taxed and not have to get percentages taken out from the credit card processing. The credit cards processor is making billions of dollars off our backs. And that's what I try and tell my kids. And now, look, it's even true. Now, you tell me, when you go get a cell phone now, if you want the deal, if it's buy one, get one, it has to be on payments or you don't get the deal. Correct. In most I, cases, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's some that's some bullshit, right? I, I don't – that is just like – Yep. You know, I can pay cash for the phone. Why can't I just pay cash for the phone? And that's the deal. No, the deal is it has to be financed. You After a year, you can do that. Right. And so it's just like it's it's forcing you to be in, in payments for every – in your payments forever. Because by the time the phone's paid off, the new and greatest phone is out, and you trade it in, and you're still on the payments for it. So the payments never stop for as far as phone goes. Right. It drives me crazy. Yeah. You, you know, I won't get the deals. I'll just pay cash for the phone and I won't even get the deals that they have out there. I just, you know, I, it, it, it frustrates me to, to no end because this is how I lived. And I try really hard to teach my children. Hey, you know, yeah, they have credit cards. They've each had an experience with them. And I said, don't do a limit over a thousand dollars. Because. You're going to get, get all excited, and both of them did it, went into debt, and it was a monster to pay it off, right? And I said, that's how a lot of people live every freaking day, and it was only $1,000. And because you're making only this much money as a student, you, it's hard for you to pay it. Right. I said, can well, you imagine? 
Well, they make it so easy too, Mark. I mean, in this day and age, like it's so easy to go into debt. Right. I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, I've been debt free now outside of my mortgage. I've been debt free now for 10 plus years. But after we're done with this, I could I could disconnect from you and, and be out in the car lot or at the store and I could be right back into debt that quickly. Um, you know, I got credit card offers every day in my mailbox and my email. Like, you know, I was just at the furniture store the other day looking at furniture and there's, you know, you can text right now. There's a little sign on the, like a couch that I was like, you got to be kidding me. You can text and apply for the loan right now and be instantly approved and take the couch home today v via text. <laughs> I mean, like we have, they have made it so easy just to buy things um, that we don't even really feel that money. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, the whole conversation about, you know, making sure that you talk to your kids about when you go to the ATM, it's not this magical cash machine that just spits out money whenever you want it. Like I show my kids like, here's real money. I'm putting it into the bank. And then remember when I go back and I put my ATM card in here, that's the money that's coming out from it. Because to kids, that can what that's gonna be what it looks like, right? Oh, we just we just go to this cash machine and it just gives us as much money as we want. But you know, that but that's the same thing when we're starting to buy these things. We have removed so much of the actual spending. We don't even really feel it anymore. It's so easy. They they've made it just so incredibly easy. But like you said, uh, with your kids getting credit card debt, it it it's so hard to get it paid off. And and that's the that's the thing. We've got to start creating these things in our lives, these filters in our lives that allow us to stop and think for a second because these stores, these marketers, even marketing today is so sophisticated and good um, that we, you know, we, we've got to start even like education. It's not just about money. It's about really combating all of this stuff that, you know, is causing us to spend a bunch of money either on things that we don't need, whether it's cash or not, or going into debt for a bunch of stuff that we don't need. Um, so it's, it's really kind of getting into those true needs and wants in your life um, and, and really reining in that spending because it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough. It's, it, it definitely makes things so easy to go get. It, it's, it's super frustrating. It's super frustrating to, to see, cause I lived that life for so many years and I'm at 62 and not really have, um, all that money I wasted putting into either uh, you know, a 401 or whatever, it, it's just, it's, it's gone. It's, it's no longer even around for me to even, even viably use. When I, and then when I went debt free, when I got debt free, I tell people, um, you know, I think that what it did for me is allowed me number one to save money. And I kept popping money uh, away because I didn't have extra bills to pay. Mm -hmm. To the point that I was able to get enough for a down payment for an investment home out in Georgia, right? That I, that now there's on Airbnb and I've had it, I've only had it for a couple months, but that piece of property, because of being debt free, I was able to buy it and now it's paying for itself through Airbnb. I would have never done that when, uh, 20 years ago. Never. Yep. Right. And that's, and that's the different kind of thinking, you know, that, that is you know, for, for a lot of people that that kind of thinking is unheard of to, to be able to buy an asset like that, that's going to pay for itself and eventually create income for you. I mean, mm -hmm. those are the types of conversations and ideas that need to be, um, talked about more than this hyper consumerism and, um, you know, just spend, spend, spend. It's so true. And, you know, I've been blessed with this. I, I had a hunch. I, I took a, you know, I took a risk. Of course, there's always risk when you invest. Sure. And I just did this investment. And then sure enough, you know, the first month that I have it, it, it created enough money to pay for the mortgage. So it wasn't out of my pocket. I had the money saved because of the, uh, for the down payment. Cause I just been saving money for it. You know, of course, real estate out there is, is not like California. You know, we're talking about a, a five acre piece of property with a, with a house on it for 180 grand. Right. So it's not like California. Right. That would be yeah. like a million, million seven. Right. You know, and I think that's the other thing, like out here, it's like you get, you'll spend yourself into oblivion just to buy a home. So you have to be smart yeah. with that. That's, you know, the funny thing is I don't own a real home and see me. I own my business real estate, but I rent and then I invest elsewhere so that I can uh, have an affordability to invest. So I can have several properties in another state or own one property that's not really an asset per se, because it's not, it's not making money. 
right? It's it's costing me money every month, even though there's equity being built or whatever you want to say. But I didn't have any of this thinking. Nobody ever taught me any of this kind of stuff or anything of the sort. And so I know that your company now, is this the kind of stuff that you try and help people with? Now, you have a company that does this. So let's talk yeah. about your company and how it works. Yeah, I mean, mostly um, our company focuses on those people who are living paycheck to paycheck and and really guiding them through a process on how to regain control of their finances, uh, learning how to uh, improve their financial mindset, uh, behaviors, habits, choices. We talk about things as basic as, you know, doing your monthly budget and cash flow plan, understanding how much money you got coming in, how much money you got going out, uh, how to prioritize and create a habit of saving. So you're, you know, you're not constantly relying on debt to save you. Uh, especially when it comes to you know small emergencies and things that are going to come up in life, uh, because again that's all habit driven. I mean the financial industry has pretty much taught us that oh when you have an emergency you use your credit card or you get a home equity line of credit or you know it's it's always debt debt debt. And it's like okay well if you ever want to get out of debt we got to stop using it. So you know we got to we got to create a habit of saving so that way we have some money to depend on when those uh, life events happen. Uh, and then we also help them create a plan to get their debt paid off. Uh, we've uh, helped again people pay off tens of millions of dollars here at Defri Dad, and uh, we're not talking about things like consolidation or debt management uh, type philosophies where we're telling people to stop paying on their debt and doing all those types of programs. It's it's really just simple tools about regaining control of your finances um, and uh, making getting that high, especially high interest debt, paid off as fast as possible. Right. And I think the big difference that we offer, Mark, you know, versus just kind of because it's one thing to teach this stuff, you know, and it's like, here's here's what you can do. And 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 we talk about this on our podcast all the time, the Deaf Free Dead podcast. And, you know, we share everything out there um, where people really need the help is the support and accountability. Because, like I said, you know, we live in a society that is paycheck to paycheck driven. When I was getting out of debt many years ago, now, thankfully, people getting out of debt now is not a weird thing. But when I was getting out of debt, you know. 10, 12 years ago, people looked at me like I had like this third arm. Like and I would say, like, I'm getting out of debt. And they're like, who does that? Right. You're always going to have a credit card. You're always going to have car payments. You're always going to have, you know, these things in your life. And it's like, well, I don't want to have that. Now, I think with, mm -hmm. you know, the fire movement, financially independent, retire early, and a lot of these messages, especially with the onset of social media over the years, and you know, a lot of these messages have started to pop up and really show people that, you know, you can do some different things. Um, and so I think for me, you know, our company is really about just helping people and sharing people. Like I'm a normal guy. Uh, I live in Wisconsin uh, for all these years outside of a few. I think we've made less than six figures through all of this stuff. I'm still making less than six figures as a, as a single dad. Now uh, I remain debt free for, for these many years. Um, and, uh, I, I still live in a normal house. I drive normal cars and, uh, we, we live a pretty normal life that most people do, except I just have hardly any, if not zero financial stress, most of my days. And, uh, it, it's, it's just because we're making some different choices and we're doing some different things. And because of that, it's allowed me to be able to run my own business from my home, make my family a priority, uh, do the things that I want to do. And, uh, and again, it's all about really defining what it is that you want in your life. For me, I want a life of freedom, freedom of time. And so like, consuming things takes time away from me because when you own things, you have to spend time on those things, right? Or if you go into debt for things, now you have to go work for that thing to pay it off. So I have realized over time as I've been debt-free, the less things that I have, the more time that I have. Like when Sarah passed away back in March, I had the freedom and flexibility to not work if I didn't feel like it. And I think you know, being debt-free and having our finances where it is when you go through these big life events like this, it gives you the opportunity to step back, gives you the opportunity to make some different choices that most people can't make. And, you know, when you lose a spouse, for most people, you know, they go to the funeral and they say their goodbyes. And, you know, for most people, they're back to their normal life within a week or two after that funeral. But for the other person that lost their spouse, I mean, it is a process of you know, cleaning stuff out and removing clothes and all that gross, nasty stuff that nobody wants to think about. But those are the things that I've had to deal with and not, and being able to go through that process and not have to worry about money. How am I going to make my mortgage payment? How am I going to feed my kids? 
it's allowed me to really feel the grief, you know, over those, especially those first several months after it happened. And I think that's what's really helped me really kind of get my life back together. And honestly, to this day, like right now, as I'm here today, uh, I'm at a point where it's like, okay, you know, there's still some sad days, but I'm at a point in my life now where I can, I can take a step forward and, and actually have a little bit of excitement about what's to come. And I know that's weird, but as someone who's gone through this and, and now has, you know, gone through a lot of the, the gross things that come with after losing a spouse, um, it, it's a, it's a really good place to be. And I can't say like, if my finances were a mess, I, I can't, I don't think I would be here. Um, because there would be just so much added stress to the situation. And uh, I'm so thankful that we've done the work. And that's that's really what our company is doing. It's 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 getting people to the point where, you know, they're prepared for life storms, but also to the point where, you know, you can enjoy your life. You know, you work hard for your money. Go take that vacation. Go do the things that you want to do. But don't live in financial stress every day for, for your life, especially for for a bunch of crap that most people just don't need. Well, that's 100% true. You're, you're, you're right about that. The, the glorification to have something and then it ends up uh, in a garage sale two years later. Yeah, right. That's oh, man. something that you had to have, right? Right, um, right. Or it's just, you're just kind of over it. it. It's definitely, that's de definitely uh, excellent advice as far as that goes. Now, so your company now, you have a company that you can join that has a, is it have a support system to it? Do you yeah. meet on a weekly basis? How does, how does that work? Yeah. So and when what's I first, the name of it, by the way? Yeah, absolutely. So our membership, so our, our company is called Defree Dab and uh, our membership and support and accountability uh, group and program is called Roots of Personal Finance. And when I first started my business, I started doing one-on-one -on -one coaching, Mark, and very much kind of like what we're talking, we hop on a Zoom call or meet in person and I would coach people one-on-one. -on -one. And I soon realized after having several clients that I'm having a lot of the same types of conversations with people. A lot of people are having the same types of challenges, same types of issues, same types of questions. And I was like, I, I think I can serve people on a bigger capacity with this by creating more of an education program that people would come through, but they still get access to me. We can still do coaching together, but I can help a, a, a broader group of people and probably be able to offer it at a way more affordable price. Right. And so that's what we ultimately created is uh, we, we bring people through what we call as our Roots Core content, which is basically going to walk them through all the educational modules of, of how to do all the things that we've talked about on the show today. And then along with that, on a weekly basis, uh, we meet as a group. Uh, this is an opportunity for our members to meet with me, ask questions, uh, talk about further topics of personal finance. We are a huge proponent of celebrating wins. you know, And I think that's a big thing for, for so many of our members is most people, unfortunately, are terrible at managing their money. We suck at it, right? And a lot right. of us are just used to kind of getting our teeth kicked in all the time, right? We're always playing defense. But when you when you really start taking control and you start getting those wins, those wins feel freaking awesome. And so we make a big deal about celebrating even sometimes the smallest of wins. Hey, I managed to save 15 bucks in my emergency fund this week. Awesome, right? That's a start. That's a start. And, you know, some people might say, well, it's only 15 bucks. Remember, it's about creating the habit. And that's where that's where the success comes from is creating the habit. The amounts will get bigger. Just keep working at it, right? And so um, also our members have really, I think what they find has helped them the most is not necessarily me. I would like to say that it's me, but it's, it is it is partly me, but, but it's mostly the other members because people realize they're like, holy crap, I'm not the one that's, I'm not the only one who's messed this up. Like right. there's other people mm -hmm. that are going through similar things that have made similar bad decisions. And, and, uh, you know, I was embarrassed and I never really wanted to talk about this, but seeing that other people are out there struggling with the kind of the same things that I am. And, and now seeing that a lot of these people are doing much better, it gives me hope that, that I can do much better. And so it's, it's the accountability of the group in general that has really helped a lot of our members push forward. They find accountability partners. They find other people that relate to them, similar situations, and a lot of them ride on each other's coattails in a lot of ways of saying, hey, like I'm following you because you're doing this stuff and that's motivating me. And so it just creates what we call is this, uh, the circle of awesome almost, right? And it's right. this combination of education, accountability and support, and just a lot of hard work. And when you get yourself in a winning environment away from what popular society says about debt and payments, um, 
it's amazing to see what our members are doing. I, I just had a member on my uh, podcast uh, Friday. I interviewed uh, Samantha and uh, her and her family have paid off over $30,000 in seven months. And she just started seven months ago. Isn't and it uh, awesome? and I asked her, I was like, Samantha, would you have ever believed that you would have you know, done that? And she's like, never in a million years would I have ever thought I was going to do that. And so many of our members say that. They're like, I never would have imagined being able to do what I've been able to do here inside Roots. But when you when you combine all of those elements and you're really, really willing to give it a shot, uh, it's pretty amazing what we see normal everyday people doing. And this is in times of high inflation, high expenses, normal everyday people saying, I just don't want that life anymore. And they're willing to make some changes and go about, uh, you know, getting the results. And it's it's pretty awesome. I think that I think what you have is is, is powerful. I think people need to to jump on that bandwagon. I know that. When I was paying off debt and I was going through the the process, I would have killed to have something like this. You know, it was all me, man. I was just like, and then Kathy helping me out. Right. Just like, okay, this is, let's, let's, let's concentrate on this one. You know how hard it is. You know, all of us, we would do, I would pay a little bit here, a little bit here and a little more on this one, as opposed to just paying minimum payments and just knocking the snot out of it. And if I had an extra $25, I went in and paid it. If yeah. I had, you know, and then I didn't have some cool things like we have now, Facebook Marketplace uh, is a great way of getting rid of a lot of stuff and putting all oh my bit of cash in your pocket, right? Absolutely. You take some pictures and people pick it up on the porch and they leave cash for you, right? And then you can get rid of so much stuff on Facebook Market. I didn't have that. Rocket Money. Rocket Money app has been a lifesaver even for me. When I got Rocket Money the first time, I'm like, I spent $160 at freaking Starbucks last month. <laughs> Right. I was like, I was so yeah. pissed off. Right. <laughs> I could, it's not that I had debt, but I'm so mad that I put that much money into a place like that, that it irritated me. Yeah. Right. Or I found out when I first got rocket money, I've been paying the joint, which is a chiropractor place, $70 a month. And I haven't even used them for 12 months. Yeah. I'm like, man, I am just pissing money away, man. It's just so not cool. Yeah. So they have all these kind of cool stuff that, that, you know, side hustles and then get everybody's other ideas. Hey, this is how I did. This is how I made a little bit of extra money here or my side hustle of this. I think what you have is uh, awesome. And I would tell, you know, as we wind up this hour, man, I, I, this hour went flew, flew by, you know, you just talk about mental health and your struggles and then getting people out of debt and having wins. I mean, what an awesome hour it's been. But I'll have this also, Brad. I do uh, my audio podcast, so I'll download this as audio and I'll have it also as audio. What I'd like to make sure that we have is a way for people to get a hold of you. Yeah. Uh, and so I think I have uh, all of your your um, websites and everything. I believe I have it. I'm going to check. If not, I would encourage you to just send me what you have on how to get people to get a hold of you. Sure. And I will put this way out on my platform because I, this is – Really important to me. I teach my own children this. And believe it or not, uh, self-defense, I tell everybody this, even my own students, that financial freedom is self-defense in itself. If self-defense isn't always about who I'm going to, can I punch so-and-so in the face when they're attacking me? Or can I walk away from a fight? Uh, self-defense has to do with financial, fighting financially, because you are in a battle all the time. I tell them this all the time. You get your finances right. You get your less stress. The less stress you have, the less, you know, your aggro on, on either your, your, your significant other or other people as far as that goes because you're just a little bit more relaxed. I like getting up uh, in the morning and not having a car payment. Do you, man, I wish, see, my girlfriend, she just bought a new car. But, you know, she's very smart in what she does. She saved money for it. She bought a car that has really good resale value, and then she went and bought a brand new Toyota 4Runner and paid cash for it because she got $28,000 as a trade-in. She saved $22,000, $25,000, and she paid that car off. There's no car note. There's no negotiations. We walk off that light, and she gets up in the morning without having to worry about making a car payment of $700 and something dollars. Yeah. Right. Seven hundred dollar awesome. car payments these days, man. I, I mean, when I was buying new cars, it was like three, four hundred dollars. Now it's seven, eight hundred dollars for seven years. I couldn't imagine have that monkey on my back all the time. 
and I would love to have a new car, but if I ain't paying cash for it, yeah. I'm driving my 2006 Dodge Magnum. That looks awesome. <laughs> uh, all day long or my right. Ford truck that's 10 years old that can put wood in the back and I can carry it off. You know, my, and my fun truck, my 1968 international, that's so easy to fix and it doesn't have smog on it is just awesome. So, yeah. you know, this is just what I, what used to be really important to me is, is having the flash and having all that is no longer, do I have assets that make me money? Am I building wealth for my family over time? Do I understand what trust means? Do I understand how to put things in a trust so taxes can be saved? Because it's all joined into financial freedom. And yeah. I think that what you have, is the start is to be debt-free. I agree with that 100%. Um, why are we letting credit cards take our money? They, they take it so much. Even when you go get gas, uh, if you're using a debit card, uh, most gas stations, if you want cash price, you have to pay 25, 35 cents for the transaction fee that's happening. So it's fee after fee after fee. And there's billions of dollars in fees. People just don't even realize this. So I think what you have is an awesome. Uh, I think that being a dad that's had struggles that already, you know, was at one place and now you're debt free. I think all that speaks volumes for the kind of man that you are, Brad, the kind of father that you are. I encourage everybody to go and that's on my platform to go at least check you out. And then you also have a podcast. So you're a podcaster yeah. just like I called Debt Free Dad. And I'm sure you got financial advice. And I think you have a TikTok on there too. Yeah, yeah. Right? We can find us. Yeah, just search Brad Nelson Debt Free Dad. Uh, if you're interested in some of the stuff that we talked about today, we talk about it every single week. We release uh, weekly episodes. We got 192 episodes now, I think. We're approaching 200. Uh, so tons of stuff that you literally can just get started. And, and again, just challenge your normal thinking. Well, what do you got to lose? You know, right. and, uh, you know, start doing a few things different. And I guarantee you might be surprised just how, yeah. how far you can get. It's so good, man. I, I've uh, in, enjoyed talking about this because I think it's so prevalent now uh, to to make your money. Don't work for money. Make your money work for you, man. Right. You know, we are so geared to, hey, what paycheck do I get? You know, and I try and encourage all my kids too to have an entrepreneur spirit because I said, college teaches you an employee mindset. It doesn't teach you a entrepreneur's mindset. I said, you got to go to college to learn how to be a better entrepreneur in your life. At some point, you got to stop making other people rich and wealthy and make yourself rich and wealthy. Right. And I said, I didn't go to college. I don't. I, and I think that if you're going to go to college, I don't have a problem with it. But the problem is, uh, basket weaving isn't putting you in the top 100% of money earners. I can guarantee you that. Right. right? Uh, it's setting you up to like, you know, you get out and you're trying to look for jobs. And man, I thought I got a master's degree now, dad. And I, you know, I said, hey, take your master's degree and learn how to be an entrepreneur with it. You know, people would be surprised at what's out there. Yeah. Right. Mark, man, we're going to have to come back on. You're talking about car payments. Now, college, we can keep going if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would love to have. I, listen, I, I, I love I, this. To me, financial freedom is another form of self-defense. I tell people this all the time. And I lived in, in, the, in the handcuffs of debt. Yeah. And I hated it. Hated it. I'd wake up stressed. I'd wake up just, man, what am I going to do? Um to, you know, I can make uh, choices now. Like when I fly, do I fly coach or do you want, you know, I'm not in debt. I can go ahead and bump up to first class now right? Uh, uh, to my, you know, where I'm going to, to do seminars. And I like to have that freedom. So I would love to have another, another stab at some stuff where we can really dabble into all finance. Yeah. Uh, I think Absolutely. that that would to. be, I, I, I would love to have another, another time with you because I think that I think there's a whole nother side to it. Debt free. What? Okay. After debt free, what are we looking at? Right. How do we become financially free? Yeah. See, that's the debt free is one financially free is two. Right. Right. But you can't have one without the other. You can't, you know, and I know that there's different things of thought, right? Debt, as far as an asset goes, that's generating money. You know, there's, there's a whole debate on, on, on that, but you know, cause I have a mortgage now, but the sure. mortgage is being paid for. Right. And it's, it's, it's building itself. I didn't buy a mortgage and then it just sit there and, and because it's a nice looking house, you know, it's out there making money. 
Right. And can you believe this? I, 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 I tell everybody, I said, you never know what, what God has in store for you. But I bought this piece of property on a hunch and I fell in love with it, of course. And you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't fall in love with um, the property. You should fall in love with the numbers, you know, and, but I didn't. But I just had this really feeling. And then, bam, yesterday I get somebody that's going to rent my place now from uh, November 13th all the way to March 1st, which wow. completely pays everything and puts in another three months of payments on my mortgage after they leave. And I'm not touching the property. Right. And Good I was like, you. you know, I was just like, you know, this is the kind of things that can happen when you are debt free and you're financially set to go invest. So I would love to have that conversation because I'd like to get these kids, man. Yeah. Uh, if we do another one, I'd like to have that little bit of a round table like that. So we can speak about that and sure. have my kids, especially my teenagers, listen to a couple of us old dads here, yeah. give them some financial advice. What do you think about that? Yeah. We'll love to do that, Mark. Yeah. sounds good. All right. All right, man. Well, I certainly had an awesome time, uh, Brad. I'll have all your info and I'll send you out uh, an email later when everything is, uh, and you can put it out on your uh, on your audio platform also that yep, we had absolutely. this uh, conversation. And I look forward to uh, uh, many more with you. All right. Sounds good, Mark. Take care. Man. Right, Thanks man. for having me on. All right. Have a good day. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.